This is a world in which the sun does not shine. There is no green grass, no flowers, no beautiful fall colors as the tree leaves change. There's only dim gray ash. The ash coats absolutely everything. The Lord Ruler holds this world in a firm, brutal grip from his gothic-looking castle and has done so for hundreds of years. He is literally God. No one's ever been able to stop him. The survivor of Hathsin, with his ragtag team of thieves, plots to steal from the Lord Ruler and, in turn, start a rebellion. The thievery comes first, of course. Welcome to the Inklings podcast. It's been quite a minute and I thank you for remaining patient. In this episode, we're going to do it a little bit differently. I was thinking about future episodes coming up, such as Maybe Falling by TJ Newman, Orphan X by Greg Hurwitz, and so on, but... I just didn't think any of them would really fit what I want to talk about at this moment. I've been in a fantasy mood lately and it made me start thinking about the book that made me fall in love with reading all over again. So there were around six or seven years that while I did finish a book every once in a while, I was never able to get into reading until about 2020. Back in middle school and high school, I had read 24-7. I could finish books super quickly, but then it just went out the window after that. I had stumbled across three series in 2020, though. Throne of Glass, Red Rising, and Mistborn. Honestly, I can thank every single one of them for reminding me how much I truly love storytelling, but Mistborn, The Final Empire, is the one that truly ignited that spark in me again. And I could talk about it all day, so let me know if you would like an in-depth episode about the book itself, but today we're just going to talk about why I love it so much. So Ash has fallen from the sky for a thousand years. The Lord Ruler has reigned in absolute power, and as I said before, he is looked at as a god. The Ska have been enslaved for the entirety of his rule and live in misery and terror. They are out on the streets, starving. They're brutally beaten by the people that they work for. And sure, they've tried to rebel every now and again, but they're always squashed by an iron fist. A half-Ska snapped while enslaved in the Lord Ruler's most dreadful prison, essentially meaning he came into his power. That's what the term snapped means. He's charming and magnificent at what he does, which is stealing. Kelsier is the survivor of Hathsin and is a Mistborn. Mistborn is someone who can use all of the metals in this specific magic system. Most of the population that do have a bit of this magic in them are called Mistings, and they're only able to use one metal. So you either can't use any at all, you can only use one, or you're a Mistborn and you can use all of them. I said earlier that Kelsier puts together a ragtag team, and in my mind, they are. Um, but they're also the most elite thieves in this world, and Kelsier wants to pull the greatest heist in history. So, that would mean bring down the Lord Ruler himself. This is an insane goal that does not stand a fair chance in the slightest. Enter Vin. Vin is also half-Ska and also Mistborn. Vin's lived a brutal life of abuse and betrayal. She has lived on the streets as a Ska. Half-Ska are not supposed to be here. Typically when a nobleman sleeps with a Ska woman, and I say sleeps very loosely, um, it's not always consensual, they then murder her immediately after. 
so that they could prevent half Scott from being born. For whatever reason, this did not happen with Kelsier or Vin. And Vin's story is looked at a little bit more closely. You get a little bit more of an answer of how she came to be in this book. In Kelsier's crew, Vin's going to have to learn how to trust and love in order to pull this whole heist off. And throughout the whole thing, the group is together. They're developing this plan of how they're going to do this, how they're going to do this, what's going to happen when the plan inevitably does not work. And she's just kind of sitting in the corner watching everything happen. And she starts off very, very cynical. And she remains a very cynical person all the way throughout the end. But it's so fun watching her go from the girl in the corner, not speaking up, to a part of this actual group. And she slowly begins to see, you know, maybe we can pull this off. At first, she's not so certain. She's just kind of there, you know? Why not is her kind of thought process. But she doesn't actually believe it's going to work. So honestly, who doesn't love a good heist story? I love seeing someone pull a team together, develop a plan, have that plan go off the rails, and then see them try to readjust themselves. I also love rebellion stories. And for me, one of my favorite scenes in any heist or rebellion story is the whole team sitting together in that scenario that I just described with Ben, throwing out ideas, having a board, writing those ideas down, truly trying to map out what this process is going to look like. And this book has quite a few of those scenes because you can never just do one plan and then stick to it. You're going to have to adapt to different changes. And I think that was done so well in this book. If there's well, there's a lot of things that I can compliment Brandon Sanderson on, but one of them would be how meticulously he plots the book, how meticulously he puts the specific scenes in, and it's just so wonderful. Anyway, there's nearly nothing better than seeing a repressed group of people take back their authority. So when I heard that this book had both of those, I was pumped. And when I first started reading it, it felt so dense and took me forever to get through. The chapters are long and to be quite frank it had been a while since I had read an epic fantasy so that was even harder for me to get back into. That does not mean that the writing is bad though. The prose in the purple it's not beautiful, there are no sweeping metaphors, no absolutely stunning phrases to get caught on. Brandon has a very blunt and straightforward way of writing and I learned that I loved it. It's not my favorite, and his writing specifically is not what made me fall in love with reading again, but it did leave an impact. The story made me fall in love with reading again. His writing, not so much. But I did find that with his specific writing, the action felt so perfectly cinematic in my noggin. Also, despite not being overly flowery or beautiful, there were still so many quotes that made me pause and take a closer look. This book has become my comfort book, so anytime I'm feeling upset or I'm having a bad mental health day, I find myself going back to it and picking out my favorite scenes, picking out specific quotes and just moments that correlate to how I might be feeling at the moment, but also they just make you feel better. The magic system was so unique but also so vivid and so incredibly fun. I don't think I had seen anything that had a magic system correlate with ingesting metals before. 
I even forced my grandma to read this one, and she liked it, despite the fact that fantasy isn't what she typically goes for. So Vin, Kelsier, Sazed, and the crew are what made this book for me. Vin starts off not trusting anyone. She's terrified of letting someone in, and so she refuses to do it. She's like, you know what, I will protect myself from right here. I don't know you, I don't trust you, and I don't like you. She hears her brother in her ear constantly telling her that everyone's going to let her down. And she lives her life trying to be small and cowering in the corner. Throughout this book and the series, she slowly learns a little more about herself, friendship, family, trust, and love, and I absolutely adored following her journey and her mental health struggle throughout this entire book. She goes from saying that she doesn't ever think she's met a good man before to stating that she herself thinks Kelsier is a good man. She doesn't have her shit completely together by the end of this book, and she still has so much to learn, but she is amazing and gets her chance to learn how to speak up when she needs to. And I feel, personally, that the time that it takes throughout the book and the series for her to come into herself is realistic. No one's going to be completely okay or healed or anything of the sort with just one book. It takes her three to even begin to be comfortable with it. Kelsier is said to be a good man, and I think that one could argue that he is, but I'm going to slightly disagree even though he is my favorite. I don't think he's a bad man either, though. I think he's just a complex one. Kelsier makes me think about that one quote that says something along the lines of, like, doing evil for good or doing good for evil. Kelsier is the kind of man that does not mind doing evil for the greater good. He's a murderous psychopath, a selfish person who didn't ever seem to care much about the injustice that the Ska go through until it directly affected him. In fact, before, he was just a thief. That's all that he lived for. He just enjoyed stealing, and he had had a plan to steal from the Lord Ruler before, and that is what made him end up going into the pits of Hathson. His brother, though, has always been the one to advocate and to try to start a rebellion. And it was also so very interesting to see his conflict with his brother, because they both love the same woman, but... His brother also is the only one who seems to acknowledge you were not always this man. You did not always care about this. Why now? What's changed? Why are you trying so hard now? And I just love the relationship dynamics throughout this whole thing. They're so heartwarming to me and realistic, but also sometimes not very, but that's okay. Kelsier does not mind murder so long as it's nobles that he's killing. Yet he also takes Vin in as his daughter that he never got to have and teaches her with patience and care that she can trust him, his crew. He explains you don't just stop loving people because they let you down and then letting you down is a possibility but it's worth it, isn't it? It's better to love and get hurt than not love at all. And yet, ultimately, he forces Vin to live up to that lesson as he also lets her down in her eyes. And I absolutely ugly cried when that happened. Sazed is such a breath of fresh air. He's so lovely and sweet and caring. And yet also 
it's so easy for me to forget that Sazed is kind of a giant. He's super, super tall. He has his own specific magic system. There's about three different magic systems within the series. Um, and his allows him to like grow muscles super, super fast. It sounds really lame when I put it that way, but I don't know how else to describe it without getting into intricate details of the book. And this is just supposed to be a summary of why I love it. So I'm not going to do that here. Anyway, all that you need to know, he's essentially a super gentle giant and it's really easy to forget how huge and terrifying he could be because he's just not intimidating in the slightest. It, he, he's just a little cinnamon roll and I love him so much. And Sazed keeps all information regarding religions as he believes that religion and faith is integral to humanity while also reinforcing the idea that not every religion fits every single person. Religion is not a one-size-fits-all scenario. It can either be comforting or it can be suffocating. And neither Kelsier nor Vin believe in anything, so Sazed, on top of his other duties, takes his time carefully picking different religions throughout the book that he feels they would fit best with and then tries to teach them about it in case they would like to try that one. And then when they shoot them down and they're like, no, Sazed, I don't want that one. I don't think I believe in that one. He doesn't get upset. He's just like, okay. And then he goes and he tries to find the next one. Spoilers. They never believe in any of them. And I'll admit, I was worried that the religion in this book would turn me off of it. I personally find myself to be spiritual, but not necessarily religious, as to me, religion itself can often make me feel suffocated. Brandon is a Mormon. I'm not. I'm nowhere close. I've never felt that he was pushing his own beliefs onto me through his writing, though. To me, it came across more as trying to give people comfort in knowing that faith can be and is comforting, so long as you find the one that truly fits with you. Almost all of his books that I have read so far deal with religion in one way or another, and I find it to be such an interesting topic. It's one of my favorite topics to look into in regards to fantasy, because I feel like it can relate to real life as well. In Mistborn, they're trying to kill God. In Warbreaker, there is a God who is genuinely questioning his own divinity. There's just so much that he carefully puts into each book, so many conversations he is willing to open up that I just love it. I love it so, so much. And he very quickly became one of my favorite fantasy authors. Now I have delved into it quite a lot since I first read Mistborn, and I've read quite a bit more fantasy than I had back in 2020. But still, Brandon Sanderson remains one author that anytime I'm feeling down, anytime I feel just a specific need for something, it is his writing that I find myself going to. There's so much more that I could get into. I could go on and on about this book for hours, as I said at the very beginning of this, and I would love to do deep dive episodes into specific themes touched on like religion and fantasy. As for what you can expect throughout November and December, I plan on consistently doing one episode every other week. Every other week just tends to fit my schedule a little bit more. I work full-time, I'm a full-time student, and with the time that it takes to read a book, draft up, 
a quick outline of what I want to talk about and then also record and edit an episode. This kind of ends up being a part-time job and I just don't have time to do it every single week. So we're moving it to every other week. The next episode will be a full-length one about a specific novel. I'm not going to say what it is here, but you'll see it not next Friday, but the one after that. Of course, if there's ever an extra episode that I can put up on a Friday that I'm not typically going to upload on, I will probably do that. But for as far as the episodes that are actually planned and that you can count on knowing, okay, these are when they're going to come out, it'll be every other Friday. So... Today is the 3rd. That would mean that the next episode is going to be for sure coming out on the 17th, but who's to say you wouldn't also maybe get an episode on the 10th or the 24th? I'm not sure. It depends on how quickly I can read, edit, upload, all of that stuff. Again, let me know if you're interested on a full episode on Mistborn itself. It would be a longer one probably because there's so much that I would have to fit in But I am ready and willing to do it. I cannot get across how much I love this book. It is amazing. But this is it for today. I know it's quite a shorter one. I just wanted to ease back in after a while of not uploading. And again, I do have a fuller episode planned out for the next one. So thank you so much. Thank you for loaning me your ears. And I'll talk to you later. Bye.